Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at ADCES24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, Director of Research and Development at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. We're here live at ADCES 23, talking about a very exciting new development at ADCES. Over the next five years, we'll be partnering with the CDC, as well as Emory Centers, on a cooperative agreement aimed at increasing accessibility to diabetes education and prevention programs. I'm joined on the floor with Angela Forfia, Director of Prevention and Public Health Initiatives at ADCES, and Sarah Ann Piper from Emory Centers to talk about the grant and the impact it will have on underserved populations with diabetes. Sarah and Angela, welcome to the huddle. Thank you. Thanks, it's great to be here. We are so happy to have you, especially you're one of my hot guests and I got to drag you off the floor here. It's like super crowded <laughs> here at ADC, yes, 23 here in Houston. Um, lots of people milling around and so I appreciate you guys like popping over and chatting with me. Absolutely. And you have some really amazing news to share. So that's why you're here, which I'm really excited to share this with our listeners. Um, but before we do, I'd love to hear, you know, I've gotten to work with you guys over the past few years, mostly in your work with the Diabetes Prevention Program um, and your work there doing lifestyle training. And I know that you do so much more than that, um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Maybe Sarah, you first, um, mm -hmm. your background in prevention, how you got here, what drives you? Thank you, Kirsten. Well, I'd like to say I'm mostly here by accident, not grand intention as it would seem perhaps. Um, I am a public health educator by training and kind of accidentally got into diabetes many years ago uh, working on a Navajo reservation back in the 90s and they were very forward-thinking in their efforts and they hired me to do diabetes prevention and I knew very little about diabetes at the time and so kind of self-taught myself and we did some really cool initiatives around healthy eating and activity. And this was all before the DPP study had come out. So fast forward a number of years later, I really fell in love with prevention, found myself working in clinics and no one was talking about prevention. And so I really slid into diabetes education, became a certified diabetes education care specialist and uh, really wandered around in the field of diabetes education, not quite fitting in until, um, lo and behold, everyone started talking about diabetes prevention. And so for the last 10 years, I've been just so thrilled to be working on the National Diabetes Prevention Program, training lifestyle coaches and trainers and supporting organizations and delivering this really great program. So it feels full circle to be here today with ABCS. Well, and you do this from an academic standpoint, right? Like you're at Emory University, the Rollins School of Public Health? Correct. So yeah. how did you end up in academia? Um, accident as well. So I was 
working in a community-based setting doing diabetes education. And somebody said, hey, you know, Emory's getting into diabetes prevention. They have some opportunities for folks who do training. And so I kind of somewhat hesitantly, um, for fear of that disconnect from what I'd always done, which was more community work, took the chance and the opportunity to work on a more national level. And, you know, I found that I, while I miss some of that grounded community work, I love being able to meet people from all over the country and support the work that they're doing on the ground and help them do that better uh, through training, as well as learning from them how we Mm -hmm. can do our work better Mm -hmm. and supporting them. And I know we work, ADCES here, we've had the opportunity to work with you and your work at Emory. And I know Angela has been that bridge, right? So, uh, Angela, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I feel like we have very similar stories. Um, I also feel like I kind of stumbled into public health. My undergraduate degree was in linguistics and anthropology. And I think if you would ask 22-year-old me what I wanted to do, it would be teaching anthropology at a small liberal arts school in Iowa. Um, So when I went to grad school and I did some grad work in social science theory and evaluation, I realized that I wanted to get out in the world and kind of take what I was learning and apply it. And so I discovered public health and I've been working in public health for 23 years Um, I started in a lifestyle change program, but it was focused on smoking cessation. And I was working with both adolescents and adults and adapting the science, the implementation science of how do you help people and support people to quit smoking for different communities in the Chicago area. And I started there and I spent some time working in childhood obesity. I worked at the international level. I sort of missed the community work. So I came back and started working also in academia at an academic center that was focused on Asian American Pacific Islander health equity. Um, And that led me to diabetes. And I have been with ADCES for about five years, working as the Associate Director of Diabetes Education and Prevention Programs. That brought me into Sarah's orbit. And so we have been working together in working alongside the CDC to advance the diabetes prevention program across the country. So what I love seeing you two here just at this table talking with us is I can see all of this amazing work that's going on in academia and then, you know, Angela working at a national organization Mm -hmm. which can sort of interpret or move some of the changes and outcomes of research and implementation science that's happening in academia to policy at a national level. Mm -hmm. So this partnership is just, it's golden. It's, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen everywhere. It doesn't happen all the time. And I would, I would say it's, it's, it's rare. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's something that we we kind of want to foster, which we are, Mm -hmm. I would say. So maybe this is a time where we could talk about this new initiative you all are undertaking, you know, really together in a partnership. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is a super exciting time to have stumbled into public health, (laughs) (laughs) as we both have, because right now, as we speak, there is more than $400 million that is going out to state departments of public health, to the District of Columbia, we can't forget the District of Columbia, to national organizations, to large national networks. And all of that funding is designed to advance 
access to diabetes education and diabetes prevention and diabetes care. So there are, through this cooperative agreement with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, all of these organizations are going to be working on these implementation strategies to make this happen. And ADCES is going to be working with Emory Centers to provide training and technical assistance and support and resources to allow them to really change the world when it comes to who can access diabetes care, who can benefit from diabetes prevention, and really do that with equity in mind and equity at the center of what we do. So it's really, if you're listening to this podcast, this is like the most exciting time for you to be doing this work and when we're super excited about it. And I think the timing is right because we have made lots of effort and strides over the years around engagement with diabetes self-management education and certainly the national DPP the last 10 years. And yet, you know, we all know there's still barriers and challenges. And so this funding and our partnership is an opportunity to take what we've learned and try to do things a little bit differently in some spaces and move the needle for access, which is Mm -hmm. what we all want. So access that I'm hearing over and over, not just in this conversation, Mm -hmm. but like honestly throughout this conference, it seems like we're moving into a place where everybody understands that access is key. You have funding, you have a a significant amount of funding, Mm -hmm. right, to help make this access happen. What does that look like? Do you want to go first? <laughs> no, I don't know if I'll get right out the heart of it uh-huh. first, but I'll start and you've cleaned yes, up. Yes, sure, sure. Well, I guess think of what I want to say first is that I think the fact that ADCES and Emory are partnering is, mm-hmm. is somewhat symbolic of what we're trying to embody mm-hmm. and, and impart to others is that we cannot work in silos. Yes. We have to bring together our best efforts from mm-hmm. multiple types of organizations and sectors and listen and learn from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think we're trying to do that as this new collaboration and training. Um, and that's what we also mm-hmm. hope will happen down the road. But now you, maybe you can make it more specific. Yeah, um, it is kind of a challenging question to answer. But I think one of the things that really distinguishes the work that's happening now is that we've had all of these grants and cooperative agreements in the past. You know, some of them have been very focused on the diabetes prevention program. Some of them have been focused on cardiovascular health or diabetes self-management. You know, some of them have been focused on childhood obesity or communities that, you know, have high prevalence of obesity or overweight. And those have all been able to go so far. But now all of these projects are going to be focusing on the same set of strategies. So you're going to be having people from, you know, Maine to California and Alaska to Hawaii and Florida to Missouri working on these same strategies. And really, you know, exactly as Sarah said, when, you know, she works with lifestyle coaches, we're all still learning. So these sites are going to be learning from each other as well. Like, hey, we're doing this project in Missouri. It's like, well, I'm off in Maine and I can really apply this here in Maine. And Emory and ADCES will be facilitating those learnings and connections that happen across the country. Like matchmakers. Yeah. Okay, so this is bringing... I love that you popped in there with matchmakers because I I was listening to Angela talk and you, Sarah, talk. Uh And I love because that really is 
what makes this project so different, mm-hmm. right? It is increasing the access. Yeah. It is building the partnership. It is building mm-hmm. those bridges. But I would love to hear you guys, too, just for a couple of minutes, talk about your idea, how this idea was sparked, or <laughs> what was the kindling that got this going? <laughs> um you know, Sarah and I both have a lot of experience working in public health, and we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot over the years. We've, we've lived a lot. And there are some things that we've experienced doing this work on the ground that when we thought about how can we make this even better as we move forward. And one of the things is kind of increasing those connections between people that are working on the same strategies. You know, and we kind of had this idea of like people gathering around a campfire, you know, and it's like that feeling that you sort of bring of like as you're maybe making s'mores together, you're singing some songs like you're, you know, sharing those ideas. There's an kind of equal standing that happens there. And everyone is, you know, like, I've gathered the wood. I know how to, um, you know, I know how to lay down my graham cracker and let the chocolate melt a little bit. It's like, oh, that's a brilliant innovation. That's some implementation science right there. Um, You know, and so we're all learning from each other and it's really joyful and this sharing is really important. So we kind of use that as a touch point for the match initiative of like, well, we're going to gather around campfires and we're going to share ideas. And sometimes you want to have a big bonfire and just get rid of some stuff that hasn't worked, you know, and maybe we're going to have a hearth that's in our home where, you know, like people that are within our region or within our communities that will gather people that, you know, are working in the Navajo Nation and, you know, in, you know, the Cherokee Nation, and they'll come together and share some of the opportunities working within their communities. So finding all of these ways for people to connect and to really share and to be there along the side facilitating those connections, like a good camp counselor, you know, I mean, we're not trying to control everything. We're there to just find those opportunities to bring people together. So makes me think about both diabetes self-management education and diabetes Mm -hmm. prevention programs. You know, we know as educators and coaches that the magic happens when people talk to each other and when people get answers and ideas from their peers. Mm -hmm. And so that's the same concept that Angela's describing that we hope to foster. Yeah. And I love what you guys have talked about, like being around the fire, the level Mm -hmm. setting, everybody being able to share and contribute because, okay, that creates access and a bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's move to this policy idea. Yes. And that is sort of like climbing a mountain, right? So you have the campfire and then you're climbing Mount Everest to make these policy changes, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a place where collaboration is important because it is going to be difficult for any, like we know because it's part of our strategic plan that we need to expand and improve access to diabetes self-management, to diabetes prevention through Medicaid, Medicare, um, commercial payers. But if I'm a single diabetes care and education specialist and I could be like Sarah working at a community health center. I'm a you know registered dietitian. I'm a diabetes care and education specialist. I am not going to be able to move the needle on Medicaid coverage within my state alone. But when you think of wow, the state's working on this strategy and we have a state-based partner that's working on this strategy and my community health center can connect 
with that state-based partner. And together, you know, again, as we heard in the opening plenary, that work of individual people joining together is the only thing that's been able to change these policies, to be able to change the world. That's why we do advocacy. That's why we have meetings like ADCES 23, is that we want to come together to be able to make those changes happen. And by making those changes, not only do we support vibrant diabetes prevention programs, we support access to diabetes self-management. And those are things that are bigger than any one of us that we can participate in, but that will make our work easier at the local level. And it's really powerful that CDC is like including these as strategies within this work. We've moved beyond focusing on how do we get that individual person living with diabetes or Mm -hmm. at risk to show up for my program through my catchy slogan, which is all those things are still important, but catchy slogans, very important. (laughs) (laughs) As you see with our map. Yes, yes. Um, But we've known this for a while, but now we're really putting our money where where the power is. And that's that's at both ends, right? Mm -hmm. Supporting what's happening on the ground and moving the policy to make it easier. And Sarah, this might be a newer, uh, Angela here, I'm like a broken record with Angela about this. This might Mm -hmm. be something newer for you, for you you really to hear. But we talk a lot about when we think about access and Mm -hmm. reaching people with diabetes uh, and people with pre-diabetes, there's just not enough people. There's just not enough there's not enough mm-hmm. health specialists. There's just not enough. How do you, it, is one of the initiatives of this grant to increase that? Or if not, how do we increase those numbers? And what is the model to do? Yeah, I um, we've had this conversation before. And I've also said, you know, just thinking about diabetes prevention, you know, there's 96 million American adults with prediabetes. We don't have enough community health center meeting rooms or hospital basements and <laughs> fellowship halls at churches to have groups of 15. You know, I can't even, that's, math is too hard for me right now. But we, I mean, that's a lot of cohorts. So we're really going to have to look at growing the workforce, absolutely. And there's a lot of the strategies that are built into this cooperative agreement that are focused on building things that ADCES really loves, like interprofessional care teams, building the capacity of community health workers and diabetes community care coordinators to be part of this work, um, engaging partners like pharmacists at community pharmacies. So all of that is really positive. But the other thing that this work focuses on is looking at the social drivers of health and looking at equity, because we have really, all of public health is about like, how do we go upstream? How do we prevent people from falling into the river? You know, what are these root causes that are resulting in prediabetes and diabetes and the complications of diabetes. And because the focus of this work is equity, you know, we're going beyond like, I'm just assessing you as an individual for what your social determinants of health are to really look at the social drivers of health at the community level and address those through partnerships that are sustainable over time. Because we can't live in a world where we're just seeing increasing numbers of people with pre-diabetes because we haven't addressed those 
And like I think simultaneously yeah. addressing the drivers of access or lack yes. thereof, you know, the, the individual who may mm-hmm. really want to see their health yes. improve, right? I think everybody does, but there's a million kind of social yes. determinants that are getting in the way. So how can we help organizations partner and think about mm-hmm. things differently rather than just it's on the individual to get yeah. themselves here yep. to be successful? Is that what each of these recipients, so this project is really supporting mm-hmm. 76 different recipients that are doing this work and learning about how to reach mm-hmm. these communities. Um, do you have an idea of how this is going to work or are we going to be learning along the way? Both. A little yes. bit of column A, a little yes. bit of column B. Um, I mean, because they are selecting from the same set of strategies, that's really helpful. And those strategies are being informed by the local needs within the counties where they're working and the states where they're working. And all of these cooperative agreements, you know, awards that are going out, we're asking and CDC asked the recipients to connect with local partners, with state partners, with community partners, so that they would really be receiving information from those communities that are in greatest need for the diabetes prevention program or access to diabetes education. So because they're all choosing from the same set of strategies, we will have some sort of amplification and alignment of this work. But I'm sure Sarah says this at her trainings. I always say this at my trainings. Nobody has this all figured out. We are all still learning, and I fully expect to be surprised every day of my life for the next five years (laughs) of like, oh, that's a brilliant way to think about it, or that's a great strategy from Oklahoma that I'm going to share the next time that I talk to somebody in Alaska. So, And I think we've built into our initiative some mm -hmm. intentional opportunities for us to listen and learn along Mm -hmm. the way so that we can adapt how we're supporting and the matchmaking that you just Mm -hmm. described again. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that's part of what makes coming to work fun, right? That's yeah. why you do the work you do, because you're surprised every day. Yes. Like, the minute you're not surprised anymore, mm-hmm. maybe there's another reason to be here. Right. So let's just hope that keeps going. Yeah. So uh, humility is important for yeah. all of us, right? And I know we're getting close to the end of our time here. And so hopefully you guys will come back and have more of these conversations, especially because this is a five-year yes, project, absolutely. right? So maybe every year yeah. at ABCES, I'll be dragging you off the floor to come to Yeah, together. we'd love it. Uh, well, and I would say going into this year, and we can maybe, we'll listen to this again, and next year we can see if we need to update this. Like maybe just give like one or two like words of wisdom, practice mm. pearls, like for people, our listeners to walk away with, what can they do to connect with the community? Ooh, to connect with the community. Um, Do I give you something there? No, no. This is my moment of being surprised today. Um, No. Um, I actually do. And and this, because of the work that I've done, I am often like outside of the walls of the community health center, federally qualified health center or hospital. And I'm trying to bridge that connection between community health and the work that happens within the clinical settings. Um, and through my whole career, I've, I have never found, you know, my partners within the clinical world to be anything less than welcoming. And especially diabetes care and education specialists. They are very already oriented to the needs of the community. So I would say, like, keep doing what you're doing. Look for those partnerships that you have out in the community. Look for those 
trusted community-based organizations, faith-based organizations. Don't be afraid to get outside the walls of your hospital or health center and do your diabetes prevention program, or at least maybe do a discovery session out there and then sort of bring people back in to uh, your meeting room. Um, So keep reaching out to the community, keep listening, look for opportunities to have that feedback, like have an advisory group of people living with prediabetes or diabetes, have those community partners that can inform you. And for all this funding that's going out, get connected both locally and at your state level so that you have a seat at the table for these. And if there's not a seat there, bring your own seat. Like pull yourself up, say, I'm a diabetes care and education specialist and I want to be involved in this work because there's going to be so much action in the next five years and you do not want to miss out on this. You can play a part and they may know about you. Yes. Yeah, I think I don't have anything to add to that other than to say just um, as a diabetes care and education specialist, Mm -hmm. longtime member of ADCES, I'm so personally thrilled about our partnership and the work that we're going to do together. So this is just a really good day, really good place to be. Well, I am so excited to work with both of you on this project. I think you always inspired me with the natural curiosity that mm-hmm. you, you both have and the creativity. Um, you know, you make work so much fun. And Angela, we are, I think, maybe Sarah, too, are, are you in on bringing your own seat? I'm like, oh, always yes. going to bring them yes. my chair yes. to every, everywhere I go. I have go. a really bring comfortable folding seat. chair, and I, uh, I always campfires. have it. Right. Good for campfires. <laughs> Well, we really hope that this podcast ignited your passion. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got me in the end, man. (laughs) Well, Sarah and Angela, thank you so much for joining. My passion is ignited. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so we'll talk to you next year. All right, take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Huddle. Make sure to download the resources discussed on today's episode. You can find them linked in the show notes at diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. And remember, being an ADCES member gets you access to many resources, education, and networking opportunities. Learn about the many benefits of ADCES membership at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.